that we have the opportunity all day, every day, yes, to create our next decisions, to create our next ideas, to create the next possibilities. And when you actually believe that you are a creator and you own that that concept of being able to create your life, you have agency in your life. All of us will get an ultimatum thrown at us or instructions by our you know, boss in our job or whatever. Yeah. And usually we just hop to and we just react. Yes. And creation and reaction have the same letters. And I am a huge proponent of remembering that you can always create instead of react. Wow. This is an opportunity that we have all the time, even when we have unfortunate circumstances or bad alternatives. We get to create the best step for ourselves. And then what's the one after that and the one after that? And that's how we keep creating in our lives. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle Lamoureux and welcome back to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Rochelle Seltzer. She is a creative core coach and the author of the highly acclaimed book, Live Big, a Manifesto for a Creative Life. And her mission is to unleash the untapped creative capacity inside people everywhere so they bring all their greatness into the world. She supports accomplished women to move past what keeps them blocked, stuck and small, to create bold visions for their lives and careers and truly live big. Welcome, Rochelle. Thanks so much, Michelle. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, it's nice to be reconnecting with you. So Rochelle and I knew each other from previous lives when I was head of marketing at a law firm and you were running a creative design agency. Um, And, you know, we've both made transitions and we both made them later in life. And I think we both are aligned in this idea that there is more to life. It's important to listen to our intuition, to be able to feel emboldened and confident and that it's okay and that you have permission to create bold visions for your lives. So I love that you've written this manifesto, which obviously came from your, from your own search for this. Absolutely. Right. And so take us into how you decided and, you know, what prompted your transition um, to, you know, career coach and author from designer. Yeah. So we knew each other when I owned my design firm, which I uh, ran for 27 years. And it was really in the in the uh, midst of the big recession in 2009 that I wasn't looking for a coach, but the universe kind of sat me down in front of somebody who I realized <laughs> I was meant to work with. <laughs> and the great thing that happened in that process is he certainly helped us with business matters, but the work really started with me. Mm-hmm. How was I showing up in my life? How was I leading my team and my clients? Uh, Why wasn't I putting my own picture into our marketing? What was that about? You know, all sorts of questions that got me thinking in a way that I really had not before. And it was about a year, maybe a year and a half into our work together, that it, it kind of occurred to me more in my heart before my head that I was just not lit up there anymore, that I had all this 
delight and pride in what I had created. And I loved our clients. I was proud of our work. But day to day, this was just not, it was not exciting anymore. And I realized I didn't need to stay there because it was there. And I made the decision to sell the business and embark on change before I knew where I was headed, which was pretty courageous. But I think it was doable because I felt well-supported and I felt inspired. I just knew I was ready. I was ready to figure out what was next for me. And uh, interestingly, because I was a designer, it seems very odd to people that I was uncomfortable, more than uncomfortable, completely blocked about creative expression just for myself. And in the aftermath of selling the business, I started to realize that that was something worth exploring, which is what led me into really trying to understand creativity and why it was such a challenge for me. And it was after a couple of years of study and really beautiful work with a great teacher that I realized I wanted to create a coaching practice centered on everything I had learned because coaching had changed my life. And I believe that what I had come to understand and learn was something that I could help other people with. Mm. And courageous is the word that I was thinking of before you said it, because I do think it is courageous to come to a point after 27 years. It's, also, it's like a child, it's your baby. Yes. You birthed yes. that, you grew it, you you know, took care of it, you nurtured it. And to then sell it, that's, you know, obviously that's where it's not like having <laughs> Child, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, to let it go um, is is courageous, and to embark on something totally new. And I do think it's interesting that as a creative, I mean, your work is as as a design agency is centered around creativity. It's bringing right. to light brands and concepts, and yes. it's all about creativity. So, how are you blocked personally with your creativity? How did you realize you had that for yourself? What does that mean? Well, you know, if you gave me an assignment to solve, I could create great solutions, concepts, execution, you know, with, with color and imagery and all of that. But going inside, I loved going to museums and galleries, and I really had great admiration for beautiful art. And I had no idea how people did that. Where did it come from? I think that, I, I mean, I've looked back in my life and I can realize some of the formative things that uh, got in the way. But it, at that time, it was, what if I tried to make art and it was just too hard or it was too scary or something showed up there deep inside that was just going to be too much for me. So I just didn't do it. And it was a real process to allow myself to free up, to play, to um, not be self-judgmental, to not be worried about other people judging what I created, mm. and to really let myself explore that vast territory. Yeah. I feel like what you're talking about is allowing who you are to come through. So oh. the essence of who you are and to really embody it and own it. And then be able to be out there and share it. That's I what I really I'm... appreciate that. That is a beautiful, and, and I've never expressed it that way for myself. And I've never heard anybody respond to it that way. And I think that's really quite profound. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm resonating with a lot of what you're talking about because I'm, I happen to be married to somebody who's deeply creative. My daughter is the most creative person and I am always cultivating that in her. 
And I have a block. I have that resistance. So that's why I appreciated your book. I appreciate what you're saying because I'm very much on the journey with that. And there's going to be other people who are listening who are also on that path. And creativity is for everyone. We all have it. This idea that there's just some people who are creative, right? I mean, I think others, it's just how we're you can be creative as an attorney, right? I mean, you could be creative. Oh, oh as- my goodness. You're onto one of my most um, important messages for people is that we were all born filled with creativity yes. and we are still creative and it can be expressed in any way, any way. It doesn't have to be what people consider the, you know, the great artists or poets or musicians or dancers or, you know, whatever right. writers. Right. Um, it's whatever way you feel that you want to express yourself and it could be in the kitchen. It could be in the garden. It could be in a workshop. It could be a visionary thinker and coming up with brilliant ideas that inspire other people. There's countless ways that we can all create. And the truth is that all of it counts. Yeah. All of us connects us to our hearts, to our intuition. And that wakes up our imagination and gives us amazing ideas and energy for life in a way that is unlike anything else. And when we, when we decide in advance, we are not creative and we don't access that right side of the brain, you know, because we live in a culture that really reveres the logical data-driven left, left brain people. Yes. We're beginning to appreciate, I think as a culture and as a society, the impact and the importance of creativity and nurturing that. But we still, you know, we still lean left (laughs) and not toward that right brain. And it's when we can activate that through expression that we really can light ourselves up and we can really find possibilities that as much as you examine the data, you'll never get to the same. You'll you'll probably make incremental steps forward, but you might not make the big leaps forward that are possible. Yes, we need to be able to access that part comfortably. Yes. And, to, and you, you know, you talked about having that resistance of going inside. And and I think that's natural. I mean, what are you going to find there? That's what it. truths are there? What whispers are you ignoring? And that's a huge part of what we talk about in the show. And that's where it lives, which is why I think it is scary because it's like the essence of you is trying to speak through. And so um, just tell us that in your words, based on what we're talking about, creativity, we're saying it's for everyone. What is it about? What is it at the heart of it? What is creativity? So I see it as two sides of a coin, if you will. So one side of the coin is the expressive side. Yes. It's what, you know, I I talked to a woman once who loved to um, go along the shore paddle boating and finding sea glass and researching the the history of what she discovered. I mean, it can be something completely unexpected that could be your thing that lights you up and is wonderful. So there's what's the creative thing or things in your life that excite you, that connect you to your desires, to the wisdom in your heart, to all of that. And then the other side of the coin is the mindset of a creator. And this is something that I think most of us miss, that we have the opportunity all day, every day, yes. to create our next decisions, to create our next ideas, to create the next possibilities. And when you actually believe that you are a creator and you own that, that concept of being able to create your life, you have agency in your life because we, you know, all of us 
we'll get an ultimatum thrown at us or instructions by our you know boss in our job or whatever. Yeah. And usually we just hop to and we just react. Yes. And creation and reaction have the same letters. And I'm a huge proponent of remembering that you can always create instead of react. Wow. This is an opportunity that we have all the time, even when we have unfortunate circumstances or bad alternatives. We get to create the best step for ourselves. And then what's the one after that and the one after that? And that's how we keep creating in our lives. Mm. So I think when you marry this mindset with, with the activation of creative expression, it's incredibly powerful. Absolutely. And if somebody wants to use creativity in the way that you tapped into it to live big, how does somebody even get on that path? How does somebody start exploring and inviting that in and having the curiosity? I feel like curiosity must be a big piece of that. It's a huge piece. It's a huge piece. So when I wrote the book, actually, my coach at the time had said to me, will you say to me that you teach people to live big and that you're on a path of living big? He said, how do you live big? Mm. And so there's a there's a an exercise in the book called the Discovery Dozen, and I was just creating that tool and I used it and I said, well, when I live big, I, and I said, when I live big, I slow down and I'm still. When I live big, I tap my passion. I just just poured out all these ways that that for me were the essence of living big, and then he challenged me and said, would you write a couple paragraphs about each of these? And would you do it for a month? Mm. And so for the next month, I, I had 30 ideas and I wrote about all 30 of them. And at the end, I said, wait, I think I have the essence of a book here. So what I did is I took 10 of them that I grouped as the being of living big, because I believe that we are human beings and we spend most of our attention and energy on doing rather than the state of being. Yes. And so I found 10 that I thought were the state of being living without fear, um, living with gratitude, seeing wonder all around, um, you know, the, the 10 chapters in the front of the book. And then the 10 chapters in the back of the book are, you know, the ones that I culled from my list of the doing of living big. So we can embrace change and we can live boldly and we can create and we can listen to our intuition and and uh, be resilient and, and on and on. Play more, play, feel free and play. Huge. Huge. And that's really where the book was birthed. And it was the book that I wish I had had when I started my journey, because it was the essence of all the qualities that I think really help us live big. And what I did in the book is, in addition to the ideas and the chapters are very concise, but I really wanted, because coaching is about bringing change into your life, I really wanted to give people practices, exercises, and ways to activate each of the ideas. And that's really the bulk of the book. It's really something that you can dive into and, you know, wake that part of yourself up. Absolutely. You need it. Yeah. Yeah. And as you talk about too, you don't have to go from beginning to end, go where you're called to. I mean, this is part of the play of it and, and the exploration and the curiosity. Um, We've talked, I've heard you mention the word intuition a few times now. And I loved that, that. I feel like that's sort of at the cornerstone, even though it was one part of it, of the book you know, one, one of the 10 pieces towards, it was at the the second part, right? Right. Um, that was the first chapter in the second half of the book. Yes. And I love that that's what you led with. Um, 
talk to us about how intuition shows up for you. We've talked about it a lot on the show. I've talked about it. I, I think intuition is one of our greatest gifts, but like you were talking about, even in the book and have mentioned, we tend to favor the, the left brain and we can go very rational and we'll, the, my gut's telling me this, but that doesn't make sense on paper. Right. Um, talk well, to us more about how we begin to actually embrace it and work with it and, um, and I'm just curious how it, how you how it shows up for you. Do you hear a voice? Like how, how does it speak to you? Well, it's interesting because in the days when I owned my my firm, I realized that I used to either ignore, either I didn't listen, or I heard it and I overrode it with the logical brain. Mm. Like I'd get I'd get a red flag feeling about something, and then I'd say, No, 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 we can we can we can get past that. Yes. And every time I did that, I realized that I regretted it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. So I actually had printed out a sign that was over the door across from my desk that said, listen to your, trust your intuition, listen, mm-hmm. and then trust your intuition. Yes. And I think part of it is the getting quiet, which is why slow down and be still is the first chapter in the being part of the book. I think it's kind of the foundation for living big. If we're always in action, if we're always in motion, if we're rushing around and reacting, we never have time to connect to those small, very dependable messages that our gut gives us. I mean, neurologically, the gut is considered a second brain. Yes. But it's really easy to to miss it if you're in perpetual motion. Yes. So when you realize that if you slow down and if you really tap in and connect to what you're sensing there, that you you have a really good compass. You have a really trustworthy compass. Yeah, I could not agree more. And it's interesting too, because when you're talking about living big, when I first used to, uh, when I launched the show and I interviewed a lot of female entrepreneurs who were just creating these very unusual and interesting businesses, part of why I wanted to highlight their stories was to show that success is, you decide what success means. It's not somebody else's definition. So what I'm discerning from what you're talking about, it's the same for living big. When you yeah. wrote your 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 inquiry of the tw- ten questions, you know, living big is that's that's very personal. My list will be different than your list. Will be different than the women who are listening. There may be some overlap, right? And that's the beauty of this. That's what the creativity is. This is this is again tapping into who you are, right? Absolutely. And when I've done work with groups of clients, one of the things I often ask at the end is, okay, let's talk about how you're living big now. Yes. And wonderful things show up there that aren't in this book. And I really invite everybody to, to define it for themselves. When I live big eye and just write 12 answers, the first 12 things that show up for you as fast as you can complete that sentence. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one exercise people can for sure play with. And it's really, it's also allowing yourself to dream a bit. And then this is, these are the clues. Is this the beginning of the roadmap, roadmap Rochelle then of like, oh, wait, I didn't expect to write that. Right. And then how can I explore that more deeply? Living big is traveling the world. Oh, wait, I'm not traveling the world. So, <laughs> right. Is this an idea? And like what an does example? It mean to me? So one yes. of the things I do in the book is have what I call discovery dozen plus, which is you find some gem that shows up there and then yes. say, well, what is it about traveling the world that would light me up? that lights me up because maybe some of what lights you up in the midst of COVID, we haven't been able to travel as most That's many right. of us wish. Well, then you can bring those qualities into your life in a different way, even if you're unable to travel the world financially or COVID wise or, or whatever. So this is a, a tool for self-discovery. 
that gives you opportunities to um, really connect to the essence of what you care about and yes. what's important to you. Yes. Yeah. And this is being true to yourself. What mm-hmm. you've worked with a lot of women. Is it men and women that you work with actually? So I I work primarily with women. Yes. I work with women in my group coaching programs, yes. but I I do coach some men. And the show is it's a women all women audience. So let's what are what's what do you see is holding women back generally from living big? What when you're working with people, what are the blocks that are there generally speaking? I think people, I think a couple of things. Fear is huge. Fear is the biggest thing that that gets in our way. And typically we're afraid of things that are not putting us in mortal danger. <laughs> you know, right. we're, we're hardwired for fear. And <laughs> yes. it's, it's it, you know, will save your life if, if a car is speeding at you, but we're mostly yes. afraid of things that have no physical danger to us. And I think part of the uh, fear-based way, and I think we live in a fear-based society. Oh yeah. And that just got worse with the last two years. Cause that's yeah. all we are hearing about is be, you know, all and it's things. also drummed up. It's drummed up. In yes. The yes. Yes. And it's used as, a, as an advertising technique and it, it's, it's really, um, fear sells around us all around, all it around gets eyeballs. I mean, I, I clickbait. I'm guilty. Exactly. I'll click. I'll click. Yeah. So one thing is to recognize when fear is driving the bus. Yes. And there are a couple of ways that you can, uh, have antidotes to fear. One is love because fear and love don't coexist very well. Yeah. And the other is action. So what small action can you take? And how can you really trust and believe in your gifts? Yes. Because people minimize what's possible for them. They they don't really own all, all of their greatness. Yeah. And this is a process of really um, appreciating yourself. This is the practice of self-love that I also teach, which is really, really um, feeling deserving, appreciating yourself, acknowledging yourself for the for the gifts that you have. And when you can truly own all of that, yes. you don't need to be as afraid. Yes. You can rely on your own, you know, talent, intelligence, intuition, uh, relationships, all the good things that are available to us that, that can support us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's interesting because some of the things that you were talking about in the book, especially self-love I, with my book, I say it's, it's the gateway to all you desire. Yes. It's the essence, it's the foundation. But I think, you know, you made a transition later in life. I did as well. I mean, to leave, you know, corporate and being well-paid and, you know, it's a lot of comfort that comes with knowing that you're making enough to provide for a lifestyle that you have. There are women who have taken themselves out of the workforce who are listening. There are women who are deeply unhappy in their work. There's others who may, you know, be grandparents, you know, have little grandchildren around, but they're young and they want to live big too, you know? So based on where somebody is in a transitionary place, how do they get to that place? Cause sometimes it's hard, even if, you know, they could say, yeah, I do love myself, but the fear still will hold them you know, or the, the change or how's that going to impact relationships? I mean, give us another tool or something that people can play with to, because I feel like it's a, it's a shift. It's like, it's like they have to change their mind of how they're going to be seeing themselves. Right. It's almost like a mindset shift. This is a complicated question. It's a great question. Yes, it is. It's deep. And, but I know I'm asking it specifically because I know that this is 
why a lot of women listen to the show. And I know this is a lot of, this is a place a lot of women are stuck. It's yeah. easy to dream. I think you can have fun with that. Uh, not always, but uh, you can allow yeah, yourself to dream. That can be hard. But then, right. But you could put some stuff down on paper, but then to start giving yourself permission to add more of you in can be hard. So I would suggest that if you just take small steps, hmm. small steps to explore ideas and possibilities, to try new things, yes, test the waters, and um, don't expect that it has to be perfect the first time. Because when when we have a misstep or something that we think is going to be great is maybe not so great or falls apart or whatever, what can you learn from it? Life yeah. is a continuous opportunity of learning and growing, and an action being in action. Because yes. taking action can overwhelm the fear. And so if you say, Love I've that. made that phone call today, yes. I reached out to that person. Um, we don't have to worry about being judged by other people. The people that are really meant to, to support us will never judge us. They'll be happy to support us. People love to help people that they care about. Will that mean everybody? Not necessarily. Yeah. But you know, asking for help, that was another big hang up in my life was you don't ask for help. You do it all yourself. That's right. We are all here to support each other. There's so much opportunity when you believe in yourself and you believe in the goodness and the the generosity of others and you, you just keep going for it. One little, one little attempt at another, what you really want to do is build some momentum, get, get something rolling and then sort of get some momentum building and then keep going and trust yourself. And the other thing is get help. Get the help that that will really propel you forward. I will say that my coach saw possibilities for me that way before I did, or that Mm. I never really, he would suggest something and I would say, really, you think so? And, you know, one was to put a proposal and speak at a big national design conference. And I said, I don't have a big national reputation in this field. And he said, but you talk about this with such enthusiasm. It really matters to you. He said, Send them a good proposal. Let's see what happens. And it happened. Was that design how? Did I see? Yeah, it was the how design conference. How design. Okay, because my husband's in, yeah, anyway, in that world. I had seen you. I saw you. I saw your name. I was like, oh, Michelle's (laughs) speaking there. And I think he was attending that. I would never have done that. I would never even have dared to do that. So sometimes we just need somebody who believes in us and sees more than we even dare to see about ourselves. I was literally just going to ask you, what support systems did you pull around you? So for you, it was an amazing, sounds like you found an amazing coach. I found and an I have amazing to say, coach and additional coaches over the years. Yeah. You have. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And what, oh, any other support systems? Well, the, the program that I'm in now is not only a great coach, but she has a circle of people in the program and we support each other. And we learn from each other. And that's part of the the inspiration for the program that I designed for my clients, which is a combination of my support with private coaching and the the energy and the the magic of doing this work with a group of other women who are all on a path together, who have their ups and downs and who believe in each other. And I think that that's a really powerful uh, formula. It's been great for me. That's fantastic. I'm just going to recap a little because I think what you said was important, which is the small steps. Yeah. Try stuff, that one call, whatever it is, you know, 
take yourself out to a museum, whatever you need to do to start activating that creativity and just supporting what makes you happy and supporting getting support around yourself, whether you hire that or get a group of, maybe there's other women in your community who are feeling the same and you say, Hey, let's, how can we support each other? Let's, let's live big. Let's not play small anymore. We deserve more. I mean, we're here, this one incarnation Look at the beauty and the magic around you. Like every time I look outside, I think, goodness, like we can't play small. We're literally being invited in every moment to expand. Right, Rochelle? Absolutely. The way that I feel about it, Michelle. Absolutely. Right. Um, Okay. I loved you talked about how do we discover like what we really want? There's a section in here and in speaking our truth. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about speaking our truth, because this is oh. this is kind of aligned with what we're talking about right now. Many of us are really afraid to speak up for what what you know we really believe, and it doesn't yes. mean that you have to be um, loud about it. You can yeah. find the time and place, but you really need to to let your your true your truth show up. Your truth show up in the world in a relationship with someone. There's always a way to bring that in. And sometimes it's getting on a stage and sometimes it's in a one-to-one conversation. But when you know what you care about and what really matters to you, and it's there's no space for it or it's not being honored, or something's out of alignment with your own integrity and your values. Yeah. yeah. And we keep ourselves small when we just sort of hide away and then feel bad about that. You know, um, so... The ability to speak your truth has tremendous power and you feel so much agency in your your life. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why so many of us are walking around feeling depleted because as you talked about in the beginning, we're reacting, we're doing, we're in the doing mode. We're not bringing that creativity. We're not inviting in our true voice and we're not speaking our truth, which if you're not, that is, you were use the word integrity. That's not living from a, maybe if that's a core value, I know that's a core value of mine. When you hide that truth, or you feel like you have to mask it to people, please, or whatever, however you're showing up, you're literally depleting your energy source for yourself in your life. And you touched on a big one, which is people pleasing. And and I will guilty. tell you, guilty. All of us are to some extent, but yeah. men do this too. People think it's a woman's thing. Yeah, I coach men who struggle with that too. Yeah, um, and it's it's really, I think that more self love and more um, staying aligned with what your values are really can help you avoid that trap. Yeah. trap. yeah, yeah. And talk to us about living from our heart space. What does that look like? I think that we have so much wisdom in our hearts. We know if we can connect to what we really care about, what we really desire, we can use the love in our hearts. It's this sort of engine for so much authenticity and so much uh, belief in ourselves and belief in our worthiness. It's just a beautiful resource that we can tap, that we can honor, that we can respect and not just say, oh, yeah, that. That doesn't really count because I'm busy getting 53 things done over here. <laughs> right, right. And we do feel good when we're productive, right? And check the things off the list. There's I'm definitely just, yeah. I, I get things done. Yeah. I, you know, I work hard. Yeah. And there's this balance. And there's this time to do some journaling, to do some meditation, to take care of your body, whether that's getting out for a walk or doing yoga or whatever, running or whatever you like. This is where we have this 
quiet in our and connection to our hearts. Yes. Really matters to us. Yes. And that's when the intuition can speak, or at least maybe where, where we can actually yeah. hear it. That's where we can receive it. Well, you know, that's why people laugh and say, how did that idea come to me in the shower? Or I was just it's washing the, the shower dishes. for me. Yeah. It's right. not always, but and mostly. It's because we're, yeah. we're, we're just, um, what happens that the, in the simplified way yes. is that our left brains with all this data and all these ideas, um, you know, and, and facts usually runs the show when you're in the shower, you're just washing dishes and mindlessly, you know, maybe listening to some music or yeah. whatever. The right brain can sort of pick up those little, little data points and ideas that are, yeah. that are over there and just play with them. Yeah. But it needs space. You can't force ideas. You can't force creativity. You need to create the conditions Yes. For that to naturally happen. And that's why people are amazed at when those ideas show up at the, at the most unexpected times. And it's because they're not overthinking. They're not focused on the doing. Yes. Yeah. If somebody wanted to be proactive, right? Um, you talked about journaling. Is there an exercise you can share or a way to get connected to that heart space where you can use maybe There's a one prompt? that's in the book that I, yeah. that I love. Yes. And I do this with clients and I recommend that People do it with a trusted friend, a partner, somebody who wants only the best for you without telling you what to do or being judgmental. Yes. That you can feel completely at ease with. And the idea is that you set a timer for five minutes. So let's say you and I were doing this together. Yes. In a perfect world, we'd be sitting face to face, knee to knee, but it works on Zoom, right? Yes. And I would just set a timer for five minutes and I would say, Michelle, what do you want? And you'd answer. And I would just keep asking you that question for five whole minutes. What do you want? What else do you want? This gets you way deep into your heart. Sometimes, many times tears appear. I can imagine. Some people find it hard. I don't know what I want. And I just keep asking gently. And then things start emerging. And then we would turn the tables and we'd set a timer for five minutes and you'd ask me. Wow. And the first time that I did this, I sat with my husband and we did it. And both of us were, got very emotional. I what bet. do we really want? And I've done it with friends. I do it with clients. And it's a very powerful exercise. And it's worth repeating periodically and just checking in. And somebody is listening to you. Yes. Like really listening to you. Yes. And that feels beautiful. And generous. Yes. And yes. Instead of pen to paper, which I think, you know, journaling is so powerful, but what you're talking about is having another human with their heart. Cause you said facing knee to knee. So your hearts are facing and you are opening to that support. Yes. And also yes. you're giving voice to it. Yes. And something a little different as much as I love writing. And I always yes. recommend that people write with a pen or pencil and not yes. on their computer because yes. logically that's better. When you speak it and you hear yourself speaking it. Yeah, that's your truth. I got goosebumps. I love that. (laughs) Um, We could go so many different places, but I I think, you know, we've given a lot of great ideas. I mean, you've just shared so many. And I think starting small is important and not trying to like, you know, do a download of like, okay, well, what are the... what are the 20 things I can do? And because then you don't get into action It needs to be simplified sometimes. Um, But I do want to say, you know, is there something that I didn't ask that you want to make sure that the women who are listening are taking away from this conversation today? I'm not sure it's that you didn't ask it, but I guess I, I want to reiterate a point. Please. 
when I think about how much greatness is being pent up and not brought into the lives of the people that have it, as well as the people that surround them and all the ripple effects that's possible, when people really step into their power, when they really live a big life. And I imagine what that might be like if more and more and more great women were to do that. That's what gives me incredible goosebumps. That's what really excites me to imagine the impact we could have on the whole world if we can all really show up. We inspire our coworkers. We inspire our children. We inspire our siblings and our friends. People notice when we, when we start doing this, living this way. And they are inspired. And we actually never know the, the um, effect, you know, how far those ripple effects will go. And that's my, that's, that's the vision I have of people everywhere, really, really stepping into all of their gifts and all of their greatness. And don't keep yourself small. You hurt yourself, but you also limit what's possible for everybody. So, so, so beautiful, Rochelle. And when you're saying that, I just thinking it's like the soul knows. And what you're talking about is a remembering of yourself and why you're here and giving yourself the permission to truly embody who you are, share those gifts because we we all have unique gifts to bring. And that is the invitation. And that is the invitation from this conversation. And so, yeah, if you get inspired, reach out. You can find me over at thegoodlifecoach.com where the show notes for today will be. And Rochelle, where's the best place to find you, to find your book? Well, my website is my name. RochelleSeltzer.com. I assume that will be in the show notes. It will. And right on the homepage, there's a place to add your name to my mailing list. You can read my big idea articles. There's a big picture of the book. So you can click through, see what the book looks like inside, um, order it if you'd like. And I'm always happy to hear from people. If there's something about this conversation that really resonated, just get in touch with me. There are plenty of ways on my site to do that. Yeah. Well, thank you. This is so fun. It's wonderful seeing where you are with your work and living big and boldly and, you know, you, you allowing your creativity, which is obviously why you got attracted to the work you did. Right. And that was just a natural expansion to like really embrace it within yourself. So I, you're the walking example of what you're talking about, which is beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for this great podcast. You really, you deliver wonderful information to people. Very inspiring. Thanks, Rochelle. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can do that right now on your phone. And please do consider leaving a rating and review if you have yet to do so on Apple Podcasts. It's actually how more women can find the show. And I really want to grow a community of women who are loving themselves and living full on. So thank you as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.